You're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. How much support is enough support and how much is too much? Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And this really interesting question came up in my Facebook group at the end of last year when I asked you guys what you wanted to talk about in the podcast this year. So is there too much support and how do you offer enough support without there being too much, if there is such a thing as too much. And I really like this question because it actually made me think because my gut reaction to start with was, oh, you can never have too much support. But I honestly think that you can. So I guess what I wanted to talk about in this episode was some of the types of support and then the accessibility of those types of support and when when it's too much support. Because I genuinely do actually think, now that I've had some time to think, that there probably is too much. So first of all, let's have a chat. There are lots of different types of support. So you can have content support, which is the kind of support people might need to understand the knowledge they've been given. Content support is what if they don't understand the thing they've been told? What if they don't know what thing they have to go away and do? What if they just don't get the way you've explained it? You can have tech support, which, surprise, surprise, keeps them on track with the tech. What if they can't log in? What if their password doesn't work? What if they can't use the site? Um, And then you've got accountability support. So that's things like the live calls and things which keep people accountable for finishing things. So there are lots of different types of support and they're all really valid. The other thing I want you to think about then is the accessibility of support. So not only are there lots of different types of support, but I really want you to think about is the type of support you've chosen then accessible to your audience. So for example, if you've decided to give them live calls as part of your program, are they accessible to all of your students? So the biggest problem might be timing, especially if you've got an international audience. Perhaps they just can't get to the live calls. Maybe you're at the arse end of the world, like Australia, and you're awake when everyone else is asleep and it makes it really difficult for client calls. Not that I'd know how that feels. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, So timing is a big thing, but it's not just that. It's things like ease of access. Do you have students who have good enough internet access to stream an hour worth of live call? Or are they on mobile data or metered data and they just don't have enough data to support back-to-back live calls all the time? So it's not just what types of support are you supplying, but then can your students actually use that support? So my suggestion is to start with that people aim for at least two types of support. If you've only got, for example, live calls, that doesn't help being particularly accessible for a lot of people, but also it doesn't help with some of the other types of support like tech support. What if they need help with the technical aspects of their program? So by applying more than one type of support, so perhaps then a email address as well where people can reach out, you've now given them a 24-hour support line, although they might not get the response in 24 hours. Um, At least they can ask the question when it's relevant to them. You've also given them a means of access which uses less data or is available regardless of where they are in the world. Most people have email access fairly readily. So it's given you those sorts of things as well. So if you're going to have live calls, which is a great form of support, but not particularly accessible, you can back that up with a type of support that is perhaps not as supportive Um, email is a little bit faceless, a little bit impersonal. You might not be able to answer all their questions that way, but it does give them an out for if they can't use the other one. 
So for example, you might have a Facebook group as one of your support methods, which is great, but what if your students aren't on Facebook? So what you need is a backup method of support so that those who choose not to use Facebook can still access your program and access support for your program without having to go on the Facebook. So can you see how not only are there different types of support, things like tech support, content support and accountability support, but then the way you decide to provide those may or may not be accessible to all of your students, which means that having just one type of support is not enough and having two would help. But the question was, can there be too much? And this is where I think there definitely can be. So if, for example, you had six types of support, you had live coaching calls and one-on-one sessions and a Facebook group and an email and a chat box on the site where they can ask questions and, and something else that I can't think of right now. Not only is that a lot for them, like if they've got a problem, where do they go? Do they get overwhelmed not knowing where to go? Do they get panicked about where to ask their questions, thinking they're going to ask it in the wrong place? But it's overwhelming for you because you have to manage all of those support channels. You need to be the one answering questions or outsource it and pay someone to do it. But it's a lot of support to manage from just a logistics point of view. Can there be too many options? Yes, which is why I'd say probably two methods of support is minimum. Three would work as well. Anything above, say, three methods of support is probably too much. It's probably overwhelming. But the other thing to consider then is how much time support takes up in your course. Now, from a business point of view, this is definitely something you'll have to consider. But I want you to think of it from a student point of view as well. So let's say you're running a six-week program but you've got a call on Monday and a call on Friday and a two hour webinar on Wednesday. And you've got a Facebook group where they can ask all their questions and you've got the course where they go and watch the videos and then you've got the tasks that they have to do for their assessment, right? Now what you're looking at is not just the time to consume your content, but you're looking at hours and hours and hours worth of work on their behalf to attend all the calls and do all the programs and participate in the group and watch all the videos. And you're going to lead to overwhelm for them, Because they will want to use the support. They will think they should use the support. They will feel bad for not making the most of the opportunities that are available to them. But they just, there's just too many. There's just too much and they physically can't. So what I do want you to consider is not just in how many different methods of support are you providing with two to three probably being okay, but anything more than that probably being too much. But of those methods of support, physically, how much time will it take to use those for them as well? Not just for you providing them, but for them. If they were to attend every session, watch every video, do everything, complete every assessment task or assignment or implementation guide and take advantage of all the support that you've given them, how long does that take? Because that's probably too much. So your action step, because you cannot build a course just by listening to me rant about courses and today feels a bit ranty, um, but you actually have to go and do something. I really want you to have a think about the support that you're offering. I find a lot of people at the moment offer support in a Facebook group because it's just the done thing. It's the way that people feel that they should be offering support. But the truth of the matter is it's not always the best method of support, either for your students, especially if you've got an audience who doesn't spend a lot of time there, or for you as a business owner, if you spend too much time there, or it's just absorbing too much of your time, or you don't want to be on Facebook all the time. So what I want you to go away and really think about quite clearly is how many methods of support do you have? How long does it take people to use those methods of support? So is there too much time being absorbed in support? And that's an interesting question because I'm a big believer in providing support, but I do think that there there is a too much there. There could be too much support. And then how can you make that better for you and your students? 
So if you've looked at your number of methods and decided you don't have enough, what can you add? And if you've looked at your number of methods of support and you have too many, what can you remove? And how much time are those current methods of support taking? And would there be better options for you and for your students? So this was a really interesting question and I'm really glad it was brought up because my initial reaction was, yeah, support, all the support, there's never enough support. Um, But when I really think about it from a user perspective, from a course creator perspective, from a business viability point of view, can there be too much support? Yeah, I think there can. Okay, it's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. Okay, don't stop them in the street. But please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes. And better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search Content Into Courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.